Hi, everybody. This is Mel. This is Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, so today is part two of Fourth Wing. Um, hi, Jill. It is late. It's also Mel and Jill geek out after dark a little bit right now. It is late at night for us. Yeah, can we just say that I'm good at guessing and you are also very good at guessing? <laughs> yes, I love it when I'm right. I know you love it when you're right. So I'm so excited. So excited about it. We did a really good job. I'm really proud of us, uh, how good we were at guessing. Just literally half of the plot. There was definitely some surprises in this section. I literally read this section in one day. I was... (laughs) She did. I could not read it fast enough. It was not fair. She she texted me at the end of the day. I was like, I'm done. What? I didn't even get a chance to to read anything. I mean, granted, I was a couple had a a couple chapters ahead, but like not by much. You just zoomed no, right then, past me. No, but then I I did. But then I love being able to be like, text me when you finish this chapter. Yes, that's always a good feeling. I love that part. I'm playing that game with Lily, who is the girl who got me turned on to Akatar. Uh, she'll definitely be a guest at some point. Uh, but she is behind us in Fourth Wing. So I have been playing the I'm sending you messages and she's reacting and being like, I have this feeling about this and me just sending the I don't know emoji. The, sh- the shrugging like. I can't tell you anything. Hey, at least I pretended to not know. I just didn't say a word. I didn't acknowledge it at all. (laughs) Where's the fun in that? Editing Melissa here. This is your official spoiler warning for chapters 15 through 26 of Fourth Wing. If you have not read that section, proceed with caution. All right. Do we want to jump right into chapter 15? We got we got a lot of chapters to go through, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, So we we remember chapter 14 left us off on one hell of a cliffhanger of Violet falling off of the back of Taryn. And then chapter 15 picks right up. Luckily, Taryn's like, you know what? I kind of like this one. I'm going to scoop her up. So he grabs her with his claw, flings her up in the air and catches her on his back, um, which obviously he's amazing. And then he uses a little bit of his magic to kind of like strap her down onto his back because she does not have the physical capability of holding on right now. No. And then he does like some fancy flying because of course he does to like show off that he really is the best dragon of them all. Absolutely. I love him so much. Um, so we, the the feather tail joins and Taryn confirms that I was right. That the reason why he picked Violet is because of how she was with the golden feather tail. Yes. Yes. I was, for the record, also partially right. So I was very excited to be right as well. <laughs> yes. So I'm just really excited that I was partially right. Um, and then they land. So then Violet like kind of climbs down and she has to go get in line because the, the last step to becoming an official writer, she has to give the name of her dragon to the scribe person sitting at the table. She sees her mom up in the crowd and her mom doesn't, she can't 
look at her. She openly admitted this in chapter one that she's not going to be able to acknowledge her. But then also Melgren is there and he just gave me the worst vibes. I mean, I think I told you, first of all, I think that's super shitty of mom. Like Lilith, I'm going to point it. I'm going to call her Lilith because I think that that is a very fitting name. I don't like her very much (laughs) Um, without going down into like a massive, deep rabbit hole. I think she, one, could have just at least glanced at her. It's not that difficult. Nobody would have noticed and it would have given her just a little bit of like, okay, I did something great. And then two, I, I think I told you several times, I do not trust her mother at all. Like, I just don't, like, I don't, I don't get the good vibes. And, and I, Melgren too, I just feel like there's something off about all of it. And, you know, you kind of come to learn a little bit more, but as we'll go through, we'll get there. So I was willing to give the mom a little bit of like the benefit of the doubt at the beginning, being like, she's probably in this tough place. You know, there's rules and she's trying to follow them. And when you're in a position of power, you want to try to avoid nepotism whenever you can. But yeah, like in this situation, when your kid who you thought was probably going to die in this situation, not only doesn't, but also bonds with arguably the strongest strongest dragon in existence right now. I have a little bit of pride, but with that being said, I'm going to jump in because this was the part I was excited about you getting to. Yeah. So Violet gets to the head of the line. She gives Taryn's name and then she hears another name in her head and it's the golden dragon. It's Ardana. And Darna. Yeah. And uh, Adarna. And now Violet is bonded with two dragons and everybody loses their mind. So I have it in the notes so you should play the clip if you have it pulled up on your phone. Also, I forgot that I was supposed to send you a voice note when this happens, but uh, she bonded with not one, but two dragons. So I guess the feather tail really wasn't a red herring. It was, she was just getting poor Kate no lastos <laughs> uh, to quote myself from last time. Uh, yeah, she bonded with both. Holy shit. It was, it was not a red herring. I just wanted you to be, I was like so excited about it. I was like, yes. It was not a red herring. I loved it. I'm so here for it. So as soon as this happens, uh, every general who's in attendance loses their shit. Um, and they're all arguing about this, but it becomes very clear very quickly who's actually in charge, which is the dragons. It's not up to them. Like, why does that happen? I mean, we don't have to go again into a spiral. Just like, I feel like that always happens when it's not someone else's decision. It's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's like, but sir, do you actually get to decide here? <laughs> this is your decision. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So Violet goes off to the medic tent because she is pretty messed up between the fight with Barlow or it and whatever the third guy's name is that I keep forgetting. <laughs> Tynan? Who cares? He's dead. Um, and Barlow's also there because she did stick a dagger pretty deep into his shoulder. And Barlow also did end up bonding with a dragon, which I am annoyed about. I really just wanted him to get barbecued, but that did not happen. But then he learns that 
Taryn bonded with Violet and that was the dragon he originally wanted. If we remember all the way back to like chapter five, do you want to read this quote that you put in here? Because he was super pissed about it. And then she kind of retorts back and, you know, stirs the pot with, I'm not the one that ran and then follows it up with, that's what cowards do. And I was like, you absolutely nailed it. That's exactly what I thought when I read that portion in the last section was like, oh, man, I was surprised that he bonded with a dragon, honestly. I'm surprised Taryn didn't, like, put that out there to the other dragons. Yeah, and I have a I have a theory I want to talk about when we get a little bit deeper into this, uh, into all of these, because I have a I have a I have a thought on why this might have happened. Um, so then Violet goes back to Taryn and Adarna and she, you know, he tells her that the dragons are going to have to go discuss what is going on between the three of them in uh, Imperium. And that's when Melgren's dragon shows up. He seems like he's kind of like general of the dragons, the same way that Melgren is general of the people. Yeah, I think they described him as even bigger than Taryn, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, bigger than Taryn. Definitely scary. Unpronounceable name. Sorry, I'm really bad at Scottish Celtic. It's so hard to go through and pick out those names because I got to match it out of the book and the audio. So my bad. I'll try to catch it better. I appreciate you trying at all since the author was not so kind to us. And then Taryn tells her to stay on the field and to stick close to the wing leader. And she's like, oh, he must have meant Dane, the squad leader. He's like, no, I didn't. I can already tell in these like next 160 pages. My favorite character is Taryn because of how sassy he is. He's such a good like. Oh my God, I love it so much. And the way he calls her silver one and the, the way he calls Adarna the golden one. So what do they call uh, Zayden? I wonder. Zayden. The, dark, the dark one? Maybe, I don't know. We haven't heard him get referred to by any of the dragons yet. So uh, so she does find Riddick and Rhiannon and Sawyer who also all bonded. So that's kind of like the end of their squad. Though. That's all that made it through threshing. That's a little oh, sad. Well. <laughs> well, it's not as sad as it could have been. So Dane then finds her and he's freaking the fuck out that she bonded with these two dragons. I'm I'm can he just fall off a cliff right now? Because I every time he's on the page, I roll my eyes so hard. And he is he like pulls her aside into like the shadows, which we already know what's going to happen there. Anytime somebody goes in the shadows, guess who's going to show up? Always listening. Uh, and he's like begging her to pick a Darna because she's, quote, safer and she won't have to go to to battle. She can just become a professor. And she's like, even the professors here had to do their like obligatory X number of years on the front lines. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, they're both my dragons. Again, not their choice. It's the dragons. (laughs) Yeah. So Violet does kind of divulge everything that happened during threshing to Dane. And then Dane takes one kernel of the story and makes a mountain out of a molehill of Zayden kind of just existing there during all of the 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 things that happened when the trio tried to attack Adarna and her defending her. And he t- 
tries to make this conclusion that Zayden interfered and therefore went against the Codex. And that, of course, because who doesn't love a dramatic entrance? Zayden pops out of the shadows. Dane is so whiny. Little tattletale. Mm. Uh, he's like worse than Tamlin. He's worse than Tamlin. Oh, for sure. I just like, mm. but I think it leads to a very, very sobering point. Yes. So Zayden and Dean are arguing because Zayden's just like, yeah, I like if they had tried to kill her, I was going to step in because he was. He was definitely going to step in when Tynan was going to actually try to, you know, administer a killing blow against Violet. And he sort of through this conversation, through this argument, gets Dane to admit that he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have stepped in. I was stunned when I read that, because if I heard that out of a friend's mouth, like my best friend from childhood or someone that they theoretically have some weird romantic kind of thing that they allude to, you know, their weird situationship thing. But like, are you joking? I was stunned when I read that. You and I have had these conversations. We've been best friends for like 10 years. There's very few things I would not support and defend you in. And I always say is like, if you are harming yourself or you're putting other people in harm's way, that is when I step in as your friend and be like, hey, you need to stop. Yeah. You also call me out on my bullshit too. Like, I'll definitely ask you like, hey, what do you think about this? You'd be like, that was probably not a great choice. You're always very kind about it, but you're honest, which I appreciate. But like... To just openly admit that you like I would there's there's not a situation where if I could do something to prevent you from dying that I wouldn't do it if I had any control over it whatsoever. Same. Exactly the same. And honestly, if I would expect if either of us said that out loud and we heard that exchange friendship over. Like, (laughs) to me, there's no going back. Like, that's not like not this length of friendship, not this depth of friendship. Like somebody I don't really like have a 10 year friendship with. But I would be like, really? I would be shocked. I just think this is a point for Zayden. Again, the Dane is not where it's at. So in, in all of this conversation, we also learn another really important piece of information that Zayden and Violet are now like unintentionally interconnected. Oh shit. By the way, we're stuck with each other forever. forever. <laughs> we learn that Tarn is mated to Zayden's dragon Sagale. And mated dragons have their their lives are interdependent of each other. So because of that and coupling that with like the longer a dragon is with a particular rider, the deeper their bond goes. And then the more the dragon is affected, should that rider die, that will also potentially affect the mated dragon and its rider. So now... Zayden has on paper clear motivation for protecting Violet because protecting Violet helps protect himself. Yes, but why was he doing it before that? That's my question. But like it doesn't. But as of right now, he has this shield he can point to for the 
moving forward in some of these options. I think he likes her and has liked her since day one, but that's just my theory. Maybe. Maybe like that that thing that they know that they keep alluding to that nobody else knows, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that's why her mom put her in the writer's quadrant. Who knows? So now Violet's biggest danger are the 41 unbonded first year cadets because they will now be like, well, if I kill her, maybe Taryn will pick me, which I think is terrible logic, but some dragons do it. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that one. I think maybe it would work for the other ones only because like he specifically picked her for a very specific reason. So I don't think he'd pick anybody else, but you know, the other ones, sure, that would probably work. I think the method of death also matters because we do see it. I think it's in like the next chapter where a writer falls from their dragon during their first flight lesson. And that dragon does then bond with one of the unbonded 41. I, I think that's what matters in that situation. Like if it's a death where it's like accidental or the 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 writer does something stupid. Yeah. As a dragon, I'd be like, well, you well, that one fucked up. Let me see if I like any of these ones that are left. But it, having my writer get murdered? No, I'm not picking any of those motherfuckers. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Absolutely. While the dragons are off having their own little conference about what's going on, they're all, everyone is cut off from their dragon. So it's like, she's feeling a little self-conscious about it, but then she figures out that everybody was cut off. So she feels a little better about it. Um, but they, all the dragons come back and the decision was because there's no law against her having two dragons. She gets to keep them both. I mean, again, not up to them, but not up to them. Uh, it, it's up to the dragons. And that was the dragon's decision. And then at the end of all of this, some kind of magic happens and all of the writers get these like magical tattoos of their dragons. So obviously because she has two, she has two on her cross her back. It goes from her just tear that goes from her shoulder between her shoulder blades and then a smaller one of Adarna underneath it. After that moment, Dane comes back up to her and he's just like stoked beyond belief that she gets to keep both of them. And he's like trying to come back from saying that, like, he wouldn't have helped her during thrashing. And then he kisses her. It's like those weird movies. I mean, I guess it happens sometimes where people are like so lost in like grief or whatever that they like end up sleeping with somebody completely inappropriate for that person. Not to that extent, but to me, it's the same situation. It's like, what about this conversation made you think that that was a good choice? Well, also, what was with that 180? He went from you have to pick one to I'm unbelievably excited you get to keep both. What happened. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was uh, a weird one. Yeah. And Violet was not super into the kiss and she recognizes she's like, man, like I should want this. I don't. And she's like, I'm in trouble because she likes Zayden. She's starting to admit that to herself. So then I'm glad she realized she didn't like Dane though. Same, 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 same. So the next day we get her waking up and she's walking to breakfast with her friends. We find out that uh, Sawyer and Rihanna hooked up the night before. 
And then Rhiannon asks uh, Violet about Dane and she kind of admits, she's like, yeah, there's not a lot of chemistry from a romantic sense between us. And it's already kind of frowned upon, but for leaders to be with their team members. So like, we have a great excuse for this not to go anywhere. Uh, so we also learned that Violet's squad earned the Iron Squad patch, meaning that the most people from Parapet in their squad made it through thrashing. And there was only four of them at the end. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. But they they did earn the Iron Squad patch, which I have a feeling is going to somehow play into the title of the next book, which is Iron Flame. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't know that. Okay. We can kind of see that the dynamics have changed a lot. Like when Violet and her her friends sit down, they get joined by other members of the flame section. And they can see that like Barlow has lost some rank in social standing. Fuck yes. Make him sit on the floor and eat his ham sandwich. Yes. Take his toys and kick him out of the sandbox. Fuck no. Make him eat the crayons. It's fine. Uh, so, because he, he bonded with like a less strong orange dragon. Yeah. Well, I mean. And then we also see Orin again for the first time because we left him knocked out in the field during threshing, and he's now serving food because all of the unbonded cadets now have to take over all of the jobs, so that the bonded cadets can focus on like wielding and flight school. I think she like. They point this out because it's like a, oh, I'm going to watch him so he doesn't poison me thing. But I think he's honestly kind of stupid. I don't think that would occur to him. No. I think she's okay. I mean, be cautious, but I think she's okay. Yeah. And then they're also joined by uh, Imogen and some other people from the Rebellion Kids. And this is very clear kind of a direct order from Zayden of you protect her because she stays alive and I stay alive. Uh, Imogen also is like, hey, I'm going to start training you to like not fall off your dragon and to be stronger. I'm going to I'm going to do some. She's going to become her personal trainer, essentially. No, I think that's a good thing. I think she needs it. I think Zayden is doing correct things. And so then flight school happens. She continues to fall off Taryn. A lot. Uh, He does try to hold her on with magic a little bit, but she really wants to be able to do it on her own without his help. I think that I hope she gets to a point where she gets there and she can do that. But I do think with kind of some of the stuff we learn later down the line that that's going to come sooner rather than later. Where to the point, the point where she is going to have to be able to not fall out will probably come before she's physically able to do that. And it makes me wonder if, because they're not going to want him to use his magic. So there's going to be a, they've, they've got to figure something out to keep her in the seat. Yeah. So I do want to kind of like, I'm going to take that point and kind of backtrack. So I did see a TikTok, which I shared with Jill of Rebecca being interviewed about Violet having some kind of physical disability. That is a hundred percent what's happening here. I'm, excited to see how this plays out. Um, But I think knowing that now and looking at what's going on with flight, she needs some kind of accommodation because she's not going to be able to physically stay on top of him. For what reason can she not have like, I don't know, a saddle? How do you think you stay on a horse? Exactly. That's what my thought was, especially after you shared the TikTok. I'm like, okay, this makes a lot more sense because I believe if I'm pronouncing this wrong, I'm sorry. I believe it was at like Ellers D 
Daniels syndrome or Ehlers-Danielle syndrome, which has like a connective tissue disorder. But it's like some people have a very, very severe, and I believe she said her and her, at least one of her children has it. I think that that's what she, she said, that that's basically what she wrote Violet as. And I think one, and I am so ignorant, so if I am so wrong, but I know in like um, MS, some of the things that can help is actually like being active and exercising. So the fact that she's doing that, it could possibly help that. So, but if I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to to know one iota about that disease because I, other than maybe hearing about it on like an episode of House, I definitely know nothing. But I'm really excited to see the use of accommodation in something as hyperbolic as dragon school, because if they can do it in a dragon school, they can do it in a regular school or they can do it at a workplace or they can do it in normal life. No, I agree. I think it's a good thing. And I really, I was excited once you shared that with me, I was like, Oh, this, this makes it even better. And then we get Violet uh, going off to go to the gym with Imogen Fucking Dane shows up again Ugh. and he has this conversation about the kiss and he pretty much is like, well, I, I really like you, but because I outrank you, like we can't be together. And it's just so manipulative. It's so yucky. I'm just like, she doesn't want to be with you anyway, dude. It's such I hate him. I hate him so much. And she could literally give a shit. She's like, you can use whatever excuse you want. I don't want to kiss you over again anyway. Yeah, she was. She was done. She was like, I'm good. Chapter 18. Violet has been assigned to archives duty and she's doing her daily drop off pickup and she runs in, excuse me, runs into her friend Yesenia. Yeah, I love that. I love that Yesenia's deaf. I did too. I like, did they like preface us saying that she could sign or like, did that, was that a surprise? That was a surprise. I love it even more. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, it's clear that she and Jasenia have been friends for a long time, probably since the time that her father, like before her father was passed away. Um, We I love that, like the signing is so second nature to them, that it's handled is so standard and casually like. Yeah, they mentioned a few times that they're signing, but then it kind of just goes like, oh, and she signed and then she said this. And it's just becomes a natural part of the conversation and it's treated like regular dialogue. I loved that. I did, too. And then they're chatting and Violet asks about maybe the archives having a copy of the Fables of the Baron, which is the the folklore book her father had. And she just wants to like read it for comfort. I think we all have like kind of that comfort show or book or thing of like, hey, you know, I I just want to feel a piece of home. Uh, and then while Jacinny is out finding all the books, uh, Professor Markham comes through with some other first year scribes and Violet ends up spewing some information about the archives, specifically that it is the archives are designed to not have any fresh air to prevent fire. And I just, I'm like, so when are these catching on fire? I mean, do you think they really will? Yeah. I think, I think at some point in the five book series, the damn archives are going to catch on fire. Probably. I mean, that would be terrible, honestly, but maybe it's like an indicator that no, 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 they'll be okay because there is no fresh air. Fingers crossed. (laughs) But then Yesenia comes back and I'm going to jump in because I told you a theory that I think we get more info later on, but I'm going to say it now. This book. So Yesenia can't find it. And then she gets asked something later and we'll come, we'll come to it then. 
but I think this book is like super important and I don't think it's an actual book. I think it's something that her dad wrote and put together. Yeah, I think it's her dad's research that Dane's father's looking for. Exactly. 100%. And I think think Violet has no fucking clue what she has. No, I don't think she does either, but I think she's starting to get a clue. By the end of this, I think... Not about the book specifically, but there's enough pieces out there for us to have a clue. Agreed. I don't, she definitely doesn't know it at chapter 18, but at the end, like at the end of this section that we read, she for sure, she was like, Some, something's up. Something's up. Uh, and then we learn Sawyer's signet power. His signet power comes in pretty quickly. Uh, he has the ability to bend metals and he has little to no control over it right now. So he's using a lot of, of wooden utensils. That was kind of funny to picture the way she described it. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think that that I didn't think about it. I was like, that is kind of dangerous. So, okay. And we also learned kind of this weird snippet that if your signet power doesn't come in within about six months of you bonding with a dragon, you die in some kind of horrific manner. You like burn up. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, I feel like it's spontaneously combust. That sounds fun. Mm, yeah, so many wonderful things about this world. Uh, so Violet gets better at staying on Taryn, but like not a ton, but the training is helping. She's feeling stronger. She's feeling better. I think we've all, who, anybody who's ever done a gym stint in their life, they know that feeling of like, oh, I'm starting to feel the results of the effort that I'm putting in. Absolutely. But then we get yet another fucking confrontation with Dane. Get bent, Dane. He's just, so he comes up and he's all pissed off at her because he isn't being told, like she didn't tell him that she was struggling to stay on. She's like, well, half my fucking squad is still falling off. He's like, well, not as much as you. And then she just reads him for filth. I, I was so glad, so glad because he absolutely deserved every goddamn word of it. I like, oh. yes, yes, girl. Fuck Dane. So then she storms off for him and she's walking back to go to class or something. And one of the t- cadets' signet powers comes in, but he is an in- intrinsic. Intrinsic, yes. No, you got it right. Yeah. Go me. For once, I got it right. Um, Zayden's like right there behind her and he's like kind of steps in front of her a little bit. He likes her. You're not going to convince me. Other- <laughs> You're not going to convince me otherwise. It has nothing otherwise. to do with what's about to happen. But yeah. So he tells her like, hey, start reciting your random facts or clear your mind or it's your secrets aren't going to be your secrets anymore. And then he like uses his this is the first time we really see him using his shadow pattern other than for dramatic entrances. And he stops the cadet from talking. But before he does, I wanted to point out that he accidentally bumps into Garrick's mind. And then Garrick is thinking, damn it all to hell. He'll know about and gets cut off. So this is clear to me now that these freaking rebellion kids know something no one else does. Absolutely. 100%. Also, that scene was awful that kid was literally begging for help and he was like make the voices stop I think is what he said and it was like can you imagine like everybody around you like my thoughts go like a thousand miles a minute could you imagine having a shitload of people around you and you hear everything oh my lord I mean it's like I know it's a capital offense but it's almost it's not even an offense it's almost a mercy 
from the way he was screaming. I don't know if it's something you can control, but the way he was screaming, it sounded like it. Yeah. So he does get his neck snapped by the wielding professor. He comes in, snaps his neck. Everybody kind of moves on Uh, real bad, real bad. Um, So then it's that night and Violet is asleep and she's dreaming of her father. What a wonderful way to be. But then Taryn wakes her up and he's like, you need to wake up right now. She wakes up and there's seven unbounded cadets in her in her room, which P.S. they're not supposed to be able to get into because she's in a private room at this point. She's not in a dorm anymore. There's a writer who was in there who had clearly unlocked the door and then peaced out. And Oren is a part of this group and she's super outnumbered, but she starts to fight back. So she luckily she's wearing her armor and all the while Taryn's in her head being like, you got to move faster. He's almost there. He turns out to be be on the attack. He gets pissed because she's always on the defensive and he wants her to attack. He wants her to strike first. Zayden is on his way because we later learned that Taryn told Sagale, who told Zayden to get his ass down there. Game of motherfucking telephone. So then she's. She's trying to fight back. She's actually not doing too bad. She takes out like three of them, not killing kills, but like disarming them, taking them down. And but Oren gets a hold of her and has a has a knife to her throat when he's choking her. It's all he's going to kill her. He's about to like slice her throat and kill her. And then Adarna comes through and literally stops Time. I don't know why Jill's not as excited about this. This is not at all what I expected Adarna's powers to be. I didn't think I didn't even process that she was probably gonna have two signet powers because she's bonded to two dragons. I well, one, I did kind of figure she would get two signet powers, but I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I guess because to me, it could have been anything. It could have been anything. So like, Okay, cool. Like, everybody's got some cool... Like, some guy can do ice. I can't remember them all. But, like, they've all got really cool shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool that she can stop time. But at the same time, like I said, it could have been anything. So I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was really excited when I read this part. Really, really excited. So then, thanks to Adarna's stopping time, she's not able to do it for very long, but... uh, Violet's able to get away and get over to Zayden who like just opened the door and then Zayden says like one of the most badass lines ever which is she could have killed you in the field but she is merciful uh, that's not a fly possess he's about to get fucked up Zayden again uses his shadow powers to like they're kind of like tenderly is kind of how I'm envisioning them to kill all of the rogue cadets in her room and then uh he immediately like whisks her away yeah he Uh, leaves um his buddies to do the cleanup yeah he has garrick and bodie and some other rebel kids do the cleanup he checks her for injuries so she actually has to because she got hit in the side during the attack so he's checking her to see if she broke her ribs she has to take her corset off for a second and it's like kind of this like tense but like in more than ways than one little moment with them. Getting a little steamy. <laughs> a little steamy, but in the worst way possible, because who wants to be checking for uh, a broken rib at that moment? Um, so they 
Zayden takes her out through like a secret tunnel to the fields to go talk to Taren. And it's Taren and Adarna and Segale who meet them in this field. And we learn a lot of information in a very short amount of time. Number one, you were right. Yes, I was right. You were right. It was not. Adarna is not Adarna is not Taryn and Sagales, but she is a juvenile dragon. And that is why they don't see a lot of them, because they are literal babies. I was partially uh, correct. You were super close. Um, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> and they don't bond typically with writers because they can accidentally gift their writers their own power. So this is not a power that Violet possesses. This is a Darna's power is to stop time. So this to me just means that like these dragons are way more powerful than they're letting on. Definitely. Definitely. Also, I felt bad for the friend Darna. Like she's a little sad orphan. I know she's a little orphan, but she has great parents, like foster parents in Segale and Tern. Would we call them great? Okay, here's my thing. I 100% if we go back to threshing now, I 100% believe Zayden was where he was. Not as much as I think he was like on board with it because he's like, I want to keep an eye on on Violet. He was there because Segale was there and Segale wanted to make sure that Adarna was okay. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, she wasn't have to, like, twist his arm to get him to go with her. But that is why Zayden was in that in that place at that moment, at that specific time. You're probably right. I would agree. Everybody decides that no one's going to talk about who Adarna is in regards to her being a juvenile or anything like that. For sure. Good decision. Good decision. Good decision. Uh, and then we also learn that Zayden can hear Tern and Violet can hear Segale because those two are bonded mates. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I feel like that might matter at some point. But like Zayden can't hear Adarna. Right, because they're not mates. They're not mates. <laughs> not connected. And then walking back in, Zayden insists that Violet tells him who unlocked the door. And she's really nervous to tell him who it is because she doesn't think he'll believe her. But she does. He didn't say anything. I don't think she knew what he thought about it, which leads us into chapter 20. Yeah, he doesn't. They, he She tells him and he takes that information and then he goes and has sidebar action with it. Uh, so the next morning information, uh, Violet is not sad this time around when they're reading the death scroll because fuck all of those people who tried to. Break the one big rule of dragon school, which is don't kill each other in their fucking sleep. Exactly. That's the big no-no. You don't do that. That's the one fucking thing you get told not to do and that seven y'all fucking tried to do this shit? Really? Dirt after formation, uh, Zayden moves this other kid into her unit. Uh, he's the biggest, buffest, best fighter of their group. Liam, right? Yeah, Liam. And he's officially Violet's bodyguard. I mean. And she's mad. I mean, I kind of see where he, Zayden's coming from. I I think Zayden is 100% correct in this. He's like, I trust Liam because we learn later that Liam and Zayden are friends from like long time ago. He's like, I trust Liam. She is 
gonna be in danger no matter what I do. And I cannot be there all of the time. Like she almost died last night, which means I almost died last night. And that's not on okay with me. I'm not entirely mad at Zayden for this decision, even though she is real annoyed about it. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then Zayden like formally accuses our favorite random side character, Amber Mavis. I knew it was going to be her. I'm sorry. I spoke over you. I knew it was going to be her. I, I called this. I was like, I bet it's that fucking Amber Mavis chick. <laughs> so Amber Mavis, third wing leader for unlocking the door. And uh, Dane is livid that a Violet didn't tell him about the attack at all. And I'm like, dude, it's been like four hours. You were also asleep. When was she supposed to have had this conversation with you right now? This is when this is the time. This is when this conversation would have occurred. I literally wrote, excuse me, sir. When would you have liked to have that conversation? And then, and then because he's like, he was, I firmly believe he was fucking Amber Mavis last year. Oh, yeah. 100% believe that. He then is like, no, you're lying. This is she's a rule follower, Violet, like because that is the, the gold standard in fucking Dane's eyes. And then he tries to force Violet to show him the memory to prove to him that it was, in fact, Amber. He does not believe Violet at her word. And she doesn't trust him anymore. She doesn't trust him. She backs away from him. Her friends come around her and they're like, no, you have to stay away from her. And so it's just a shit show. But then the dragons come in. So Taryn is there. Sigail is there. A bunch of the other dragons are there. And Violet gives Taryn permission to share a portion of the memory with the other dragons proving their point because the the big thing is, and the reason why Violet really didn't want to do the hand touch memory thing with Dane is because she doesn't want Dane to know about Adarna's powers. Exactly. Exactly. Taryn can like edit the memory slightly to prevent that information from getting out. I also thought it was ingenious the way that she got that shared out. I was like, I wouldn't have thought, to do it that way. So, yeah, I'm super stoked. So with very definitive evidence, Amber is convicted and her whole thing is that like, well, she's weak and she bonded with Taryn and Taryn deserves to be with a better writer. And I'm like, why does everyone keep thinking that they get to make decisions on behalf of these motherfucking dragons? I don't know. Clearly they're the ones in charge, not the humans. No, the humans are these puny little things that has nothing to do with anything. So because Amber is convicted, Taryn gets to kill Amber and Amber's dragon is also there and is, you know, killing a rider in front of its dragon is a, is not easy. So that dragon kind of gets held back essentially by the other dragons. But Violet's like, no, I can work. We can work it out. We can just, you know, be cordial and not hate each other. And Taryn's just like, Nah, I'm on Taryn's side on this. Same. So he says this great line that I fucking love. And it was, I let somebody, someone live once and he almost killed you last night. Silver one. Justice is not always merciful. And then he barbecues Amber. I mean, he really has a point. And at some point, Violet is going to have to get on board with people dying and or killing people because 
you don't really get a choice. She's gotten really lucky that she hasn't had to so far. No. And we, we get to talk about that a little more as we get a little deeper into these chapters. So that brings us to chapter 21, where now we have Liam, longtime friend of Zayden, acting as, as her bodyguard. So he's now on archive duty as well. So they go back and forth. He has this little flirtatious moment with Yesenia, which I love. I'm like, yes, I can see this. I'm on board with this plan. Did he sign too? Or did she like translate? I can't remember. Yeah. No, he signs too. That's awesome. She's, she rem- like, cause there's this whole thing is she was surprised that he could. During this particular trip, Jesenia gives Violet a, a daily briefing scroll to take to Professor Markham, who's already at, like on his way to battle brief. She's like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'm on the way. While they're waiting for Yesenia to come back with the books, they have this conversation about the rebellion kids. And we get to, we learn a lot of information about life after the rebellion for these kids. So Liam and Zayden were fostered by the same Lord after the rebellion. That's how they, they grew to know each other so well. There was 107 rebellion kids and the youngest one being six years old, and she was born with her rebellion marks. So that means that the rebellion was at minimum six years ago, maybe seven, depending on how prego mom was with baby rebellion kid. Real quick, it surprised me that she did not realize that Liam's parents were both killed. Yeah, so Violet admits to reading the death scroll from when all of the rebellion leaders were executed. And so she know she knew that Liam's mother had been executed, but she did not know that his father had also been executed. But he tells her, is like, oh yeah, it happened on the same day. It just didn't happen there. And I had to watch that one too. So she's starting to see, and because she's having more interactions with these rebellion kids, she's starting to see that maybe things weren't so great for her, for them. And like Violet has a very specific reason she wants to see that the man who killed her brother is on that list. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I get why she did it, but I mean, not to go down the rabbit hole, but seriously, I I just, I was, it surprised me. I kind of just would have assumed that that would have happened regardless of where the parent was. So it just surprised me that she also didn't have that assumption, but yeah. Um, we also learned that the only quadrant the rebellion kids are allowed to enter is writer. See, I thought that already, maybe I just assumed, am I making a lot of assumptions? I I think, I think we, I think I had assumed that, that Zayden was forced to with the hope of him dying. But I didn't realize every single one of them were. And now everything is making a whole hell of a lot more sense. Like why they risk having these meetings like out by the tree and things like that. They're really trying to make sure as many of these rebellion kids survive. So on the way back, she drops the scroll and she doesn't really think anything about of it, but she kind of like glimpses a little bit of the information, sees that there's been another attack at this this border town. And that she kind of just assumes that they're going to talk about it in battle brief that day. So then Liam and Violet and some of the gangs kind of lament that their dragons haven't started channeling them and they still haven't figured out their, their signet power. It's going to take the time it takes, though. And Violet just kind of muses about how attracted to Zayden she is. No, she was this desperate, like, oh, God, help me. Why am I doing Ugh. this to myself? 
And then she drops her quill and he picks us up with her ma- with his magic for her. Yeah. For also for context, he wasn't looking at her when this happened. No. Like, so he was aware of her. He, yes. He's just always aware of her. And then battle brief starts. But instead of talking about the like the little, you know, morning brief that they got, they're talking about a battle that happened 600 years ago. And Liam and Violet kind of look at each other and they're just like, what? Was that actually classified? Did we accidentally read something we shouldn't have? Like, why aren't we talking about this? We may have talked about this before we started recording yesterday or whenever it was that we finished this section. I, that doesn't surprise me. I Like, I don't know about the classified portion of it, like why it wasn't, or maybe it really is insignificant, but it doesn't surprise me because they're, one, they're students. They're not actual anything right now. So they're getting bare minimum information, I think. But that's common in the military. You don't give everybody all the info. And it looks incriminating, but I don't think it is. They're missing the concept of need to know. And these kids are not in the need to know on every single detail. But it's just, they're starting to realize that things might be worse than what they originally thought. Um, The only other note in here I had (laughs) was uh, two things. Uh, So now we have squad battles. So, you know, we made it through all of the other trials. Now we have to come up with another one. So squad battles. And then um, I don't know if we had this confirmed previously, but we have it confirmed now that Violet is definitely not a virgin, which I'm kind of happy about because there is nothing I dislike well, there's thing, a couple of things I just like more. But one of my least favorite book tropes is like the super virginal girl with the hyper experienced guy. I feel like it was referenced like very early in the book, but like so in passing, it wasn't like a you could very easily miss it. But I, I vaguely remember her saying something like that. But again, I could just be making assumptions because I just assumed that she did given the age and everything. So, but yeah, she's 20. So like, I'm not surprised she's not a virgin. I'm just really glad that that is not the, the fucking bullshit we have to deal with. Then we get to chapter 22. I really liked this chapter was also highly disappointed. You got left frustrated. Yes, I did. I was like, what? What? Just like Violet. <laughs> so a lot, a lot happens in chapter 22. So they kind of just exist after finding, reading that scroll. They don't really bring it up. Um, Rhiannon and Violet are sparring and Violet is still getting her ass kicked, but Rhiannon is pulling her punches and Violet's like, I'm not going to learn if you keep doing that. Dane has now gotten all of his first years into sparring training, like extra sparring training for the, for these bat- squad battles. Um, why does he do it at now and not before threshing fuck have i know i don't know um and then challenges peck back up after solstice um zayda and garrick come in and they start sparring with their shirts off and everyone is drooling i was trying to imagine what this looked like where you know everyone just kind of stops and kind of pauses and looks and just they don't even realize that the entire room is staring at them that's what i pictured violet has taken her armor her little corseted armor off because uh, some at some point she's got to wash it or it's going to smell real bad. Um, so she, it, Liam's not sparring. So he's babysitting her armor while she's sparring with her friend. And then fucking Barlow comes in <sighs> and he starts threatening her. And then Violet's kind of a bitch to Zayden, but like she's kind of 
frustrated with life. And then and then Taryn, Taryn is also distracting her because he won't shut the fuck up. Can you imagine having a grumpy old man in your head all the time while you're thinking about yeah. Zayden and how much you want to climb in like a tree? And she uses those words exactly. It's amazing. It's really fun. Um, Dane is still all kinds of butthurt over Amber Mavis. So Barlow confronts Violet. He's just generally being a douchebag. But Violet being Violet, because she's grown something and it's a little bit of a backbone, but she doesn't know when to use it right now. She taunts him again about running away during thrashing. I, I understand and genuinely, I understand that this is not the correct action, but this is 100% something that I would do. So I don't blame her one bit. <laughs> like, you can, you should see Melissa's face. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You would do this. And I would have to be Imogen and Garrick and Zayden and Liam and have to be like, OK, I'm the scary one. <sighs> talk to me because I talk back. She's tiny. She's not going to be able to... <sighs> No, that's not even it. I just have, like, I just don't. I will not. Let's put it this way. I'm a very different person in in the office than I am personally. Like, I'm not a very confrontational person in the office. I don't, I, I will avoid it like the plague. Outside of that, 100% not the case. And, and the exact opposite, in fact. So it would be Melissa over there saying, like, please just take what she said with a grain of salt. Maybe don't take it super personal like she absolutely intended it to be. So <laughs> to be clear, I would never physically hurt anybody. I just I have a vicious tongue. I, I would. You, you lash them with your, you know, sword like tongue and then I'll just punch them in the throat. It'll be fine. After Barlow leaves, uh, a we've we I Violet is assuming that Imogen has some amount of a crush on Zayden. I, I think it's possible. I don't know if it's reciprocated, but I think I think she's one of the mistakes he made with Segale and Tarn doing what they do. So Zayden's like, "Well, block Tarn if he's distracting you." She's like, "I don't." know how okay I, ca- I can't dane for like two seconds tries to defend her and zayden just like essentially tells him to go shut the fuck up because she is able to defend herself but also keep her cool taryn and adarna are like oh yeah she's ready to channel i yeah i i don't i don't know what about that exchange they were like yep i i don't i don't feel like it was any different than anything else so i'm not sure what the light switch flip was I don't know. For once, she kind of almost held her own. I don't know. But then so she's in her room. She's brushing her hair and she starts to channel and it hurts like a bitch for a second. But then it's like the most inopportune time for them to have this happen because then we have two horny dragons doing it somewhere, filling her with insatiable lust. Oh, my God. When she ran into Liam outside the door and just nearly threw herself on him. Like, it was funny. In my head, I was just imagining her absolutely panicked look on her face, just trying to get so physically far away from him. And he's like, are you okay? Like, you don't look like yourself. No. Uh, So she like runs away because she's like, if I'm around literally anyone, I'm going to shove my face in their crotch. She runs away and she ends up kind of accidentally running into Zayden right outside the the Citadel wall by the forest. And he's smoking Churim, 
Which I'm not sure is if it's cigarettes or weed, but apparently it helps with... It's definitely <laughs> weed. I'm telling you right now, it's definitely weed. Well, don't cigarettes help, help after sex, too? I don't know. I've never smoked anything, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't know, but the way they did, they did like, the way they described the... It, that he... It helps re- relax him. Like, it's not focusing on the other stuff. That would be what I would expect from weed okay well he so he's smoking in world version of weed and uh it's trying to help him allegedly because <laughs> also against the rules uh and uh he is tr- like he's like they just fucking do this and there's nothing we can do about it and he he kind of admits he's like yeah when this first started happening i made some mistakes and i think one of those mistakes was sleeping with imogen Probably. Yeah. I think one of those was was sleeping with Imogen. He claims he's been helping her for months, which you and I know. But Violet is the main character and kind of dumb. So he definitely has. So he then teaches her how to shield. So it's about like grounding and then building a safe space and creating a door or a window or something to where their power is and then closing the door. And I love how he mentions it. He says, you are astonishing when she's able to do this. I know. I loved that. I loved that word. That was such a good word. Good word choice there. Um, And it doesn't surprise me that she's kind of insta kind of good at this because I keep saying this and I have continue to be proven correct. She has some kind of affinity to these dragons. She is better suited to being able to understand these dragons than everybody else. They are, the dragons are lusting. She's able to, to shield a little bit, but it's still like it. it, They're never going to be able to be perfect at it, especially when the dragons forget to shield the writers from this feeling. And so Zayden kisses Violet. That was great. It was great. I was so excited about that. I was so sure I was about to get a great sex scene, and I was so disappointed. So disappointed. An excellent, excellent kiss. Uh, But as hot as it was, it unfortunately did not lead any further because of a couple of things. Number one, Zayden pulls away and he's 100% right. He's like, I don't want to do this with somebody who can't really consent when it's not your emotions that are driving this because he thinks that it's Taryn. Yeah, I thought that was a fair point. I mean, I know he thinks it is. I think he was kind of using that more as an excuse so he didn't have to get involved. Yes. And then he makes this point of saying that, uh, you know, they may be they have to be around each other forever. So crossing this line is probably a bad idea. And I'm like, you probably don't have a choice here. You're going to fall in love. You're going to stay married forever. I don't know about that. You can fall in and out of love. You can have sex on and off. I just to me, I'm like, you might as well just get it out of the way because it's going to happen like 100% going to happen. So I'm, I'm of the mindset that it's, if, if I've made my mind up, I'm going to do it period. End of story. I don't want to wait anymore. That's what I'm going to do. I think that they should just do it already. They don't, <laughs> at least not in the portion that we have read. Uh, but there's, there's one more thing I want to talk about. So as they like the moment, right before they pull apart, there's a flash of light and then there's a mention of thunder snow. I think this is me right now 
I, we have not finished this book. I have not read past page past chapter 26. I think she has lightning powers. And I think that is her signet power with Taryn. I would have to agree. That would be my guess. I, cause didn't, that wasn't there a flash of light. There was a flash of light. When she was getting attacked too, right before Andarna stopped time. Wasn't there a flash of light there? I don't remember that, but there was a flash of light in the, in her bedroom when she was brushing her hair, when she first started a channel. Maybe I'm confusing you with that, but it's happened before. So I, to me, that makes sense or some, something to do with light, a sun, a star, what have you. I have no idea. I, I'm calling lightning powers as of right the second. I'm calling something light related. I'm going to go light related. Uh, Zayden leaves and Violet goes back inside and is sexually frustrated. And then the next morning she gets up and she kind of just tells us Rhiannon everything that happened. And they talk about how life is going to be challenging when Zayden graduates at the end of the year because... The dragons have to stay together. So he's either going to have to come back to the school or she's going to have to go to wherever he's posted, which means he's if she's definitely going with him. That's how that's going to work out. Only because he's already way ahead of her and she's Mm going to she's going to have to catch up because they're, in my opinion, not doing great in this war and they need Taryn. Yeah, they need Taryn and they need Seagal and. Or Sigale, and yeah, they need this. And then we learn Rhiannon's signet power, which is summoning objects. Do you know what I immediately thought when I read that? When Guardian Leviosa? Summon the book. Summon the book that she was talking about. But then she immediately said, like, that was my instant thought. And then Mm -hmm. right the next sentence, I think it's like, but only a few feet. Shit. She's had it for like a day. So she has to do some training. Uh, yes. Yes. But still, I was like, yes, do it. We're going to give Rihanna a break to not be able to summon objects through walls yet. Walls it's yet. Fair. Yes, fair. It's fair. Because she's had it for a day. Um, Dane uh, is back. I'm mad every time he is. He wants to talk to her and she's like not into it, but she goes with him And he just cannot let the shit with Amber Mavis go. And then I wrote a note in here because I was like, why does Dane feel entitled to know everything about what happens to Violet first? What has he done on page that hasn't earned him that privilege? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, he has like slowly chipped away at that privilege, if not completely destroyed it. So Dane... Didn't even realize that he didn't ask Violet to see the memory. He just demanded that of her. And he's like surprised when she says that. Fuck Dane. And then he tells her that there's more to Zayden than she knows. But like, no shit, Sherlock. Everybody in this place has fucking secrets. And Violet again is like, I don't have a choice in being around him. We're bonded to mated dragons. What the fuck do you expect me to do? Exactly. Like he acts like he she has in, in some choices in a lot of this. And there's absolutely none. There's zero say. And she kindly reminds him that uh, he needs to take a giant chill pill because she's bonded with not one, but two badass dragons. And she can handle her fucking shit. Exactly. Quote badass, if I'm not mistaken. Ba- Quote badass dragons. And then he kind of is like, oh, yeah, you're right. And goes on his merry way. And we don't have to see him for a minute. Um, she goes to her first wielding class, a.k.a. magic class with Carr, the professor, 
And he's kind of a dick, but not surprised. Um, he thinks he's, she's going to have some magical, amazing, perfect signet power because both of her siblings have really good ones. I don't remember what Brennan was, but Mira has the ability to like project a ward, like a shield around her and her squad. I think Brennan was a mender. Yeah, that's what it was. Like Brennan was great. Uh, but he's dead. So, um, so she has the unique task in this is during her grounding practice, she has to make a door for Tarn and a door for Adarna. And she uses the archives as her, uh, safe place for grounding, um, because she's really familiar with it. And I thought that that was really sweet. Um, cause like also a little nod to her dad. I like that. I like that a lot. Me too. Um, and uh, so now we know that Riddick can read uh, or can wield ice. And Liam has like super sight. She can, can see a single tree hundreds of miles off or something like that. I don't remember. That I don't, yeah, he's got super sight. I thought it was a literal like I can see a tr- not a specific tree, but I can see like. Oh, I want to see a tree this distance away. I was like, what a stupid power. I didn't realize that that's what that... God, now I sound like an idiot. Yeah, super, super sight. I was genuinely I was like, what, is, what good is that going to do? Being able to see in long distances for, you know, being... Not being nearsighted is a great thing when you're flying on the back of a dragon. Hundreds of miles and miles over the. I mean, yes, yes. No, I get that. I get that. I'm saying what I thought the power was. That was going to make zero help. Very lame. Um, so then Viola has this whole time she, because of the book of Brennan, a.k.a. this little journal her brother left. She has known how to go in and sneak in and see who she's cha- who her next challenger is. And so she finds out that uh, she's going to have to face Barlow in her next one. But she has defeated two challengers at this point without poisoning them. Yes. Yeah. Good job. So proud of her. Um, so then the, when the day of the challenge, she asks Liam, hey, like, hey, I know this. I know I'm going to have to challenge Barlow today. I need you to not tell Zayden, like, instantaneously. Because uh, there's nothing anyone can do. Because she needs because she needs to be able to face it. Because she knows yeah. at some point she cannot rely on everyone else to keep her safe. She's going to have to do something. And just because she can't physically do it doesn't mean that she can't do it. As we're about to find yeah. out. Yes, she has a very ingenious plan because Violet is incredibly, incredibly observant. So as soon as they get to sparring, she does let Liam go run off to get Zayden because she doesn't want to damage the loyalty between the two of them. And she also knows that there's nothing, there's no way Zayden's going to get back in time. Yeah, she needed to time it right. That's what she was doing. She's smart. So Barlow fights super dirty. He's using his power, which is like, also a not a no-no uh yeah no no you're not supposed to do it he's throwing knives when you're not supposed to and his power is also like he holds her head and can like essentially like lightning bolt power like pain into her i don't know i'm not, I'm not like in, it's like the cruciatus curse but with his hands yeah super bad taryn keeps telling her to strike first and i think she needs to listen to tear she absolutely needs to do that she needs to go on the offense needs to go on the offense at least like, because she's fast, she can strike first and strike fast, and then she can avoid a lot of this bullshit. 
she does something that I labeled as wildly ingenious, which is she put like essence of orange into a vial because she realized that Barlow was allergic to oranges. And then she literally shoves it in his mouth and watches him go into anaphylactic shock. Yeah, I thought that was phenomenally brilliant. I just it was great. And then Zayden's reaction was so disappointing. I thought he would have thought that was ingenious. You didn't like his reaction being oranges? Yeah, I thought I would have been like, that's fucking awesome, man. Good job. I think he's just real pissed because she is he's trying to fight this battle in a little bit different way than Dane does, because Dane does zero things right, in my humble opinion, that he just wants her to talk to him to like tell me what's going on and I will help you strategize. But also, like, I probably, he probably would have been on board with it, but he's super not thrilled with Violet uh, because if she had not survived, he could have died. That is what, that is his bigger issue. He's just like, you gotta fucking tell me when I, when our life is at risk. Because right now it's our. That's fair point. Fair point. And then she tries to talk about the kiss with Zayden and he shuts that conversation down real hard. Nope, nope, not having this conversation. And then he says he's going to personally take over Violet's training, which finally, in my humble opinion, should have been doing it a while ago. Uh, So when they go into training, Zayden has had a bunch of these Tyrish daggers made for Violet. I thought that was nice. I know. And they have like these runes on them. And I really want to know what the runes mean. And... Yeah, and they're better suited for her. They're like smaller and like lighter weights. Like she can hold on to them better because she's been using these daggers that he's so thoughtful. Art. I love Zayden so much in this moment. And then so he pulls out all of her daggers and tosses them aside. And then he has all of these new daggers for her, but she, he can't just give them to her. She has to earn them or or like get signed off to have them. So he so essentially like allows her to disarm him a bunch of times so he can, she can have these daggers. So they train for the whole month of February and uh, she's exhausted, but she's getting better. But she still hasn't manifested her signet power yet. So and she keeps falling off of Taryn. <laughs> oh, poor girl. And but a few more people have died uh, because theirs have have not come in yet. So she's getting a little nervous. He so Zane Zayden has taken like every single spare moment he can get with her. He like pulls her out of class sometimes to spar with her or to train her on different things. Uh, so I I just he just wants to spend time with her. This I don't think so. I think he wants to train her. I think he, he wants her to be better. But you cannot tell me that some of this is not Reese making the deal with Feyre under the mountain for her to come visit him once a month. No, I think it's all self-preservation. It is all very much, I don't want to die and we need to fix mm. this shit right now. But I also I, think that it actually has more to do with the fact that, because um, he kind of says, he was like, the squad battle doesn't really matter. I mean, it does. According to Brennan, it does. But she has to, I I think he's training her for something bigger, not squad Mm -hmm. battle. So I think to him, it's like, it is more important. It'll help her in the squad battle because those are the areas that she needs help in and she's already getting it all. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's bigger than the squad battles. And I think it's bigger than wanting to spend time with her. I think that's the icing on the cake. I I think it is, I want to spend time with her and 
I get to also make sure she survives because I think he wants her to be alive more than because it means he stays alive too, because I think he actually likes her. Oh, he definitely You're likes not gonna her. Go. Definitely. Dane has, he and fucking Zayden just argue constantly. Zayden holds the door open for Violet and he was like, sorry, force a habit. I know. He's like, my dad taught me. Then he got sad. Not that made me sad. Yeah, Zayden holds that door open for her. And things are really awkward right now between Dane and Violet. Like, understandably so. It'll get better. They'll have sex and it'll be fine. (laughs) Sex between Dane and Violet? Oh, shit. No, I thought we were talking about Zayden for a second. My bad. No, definitely not. No. So Zayden and Violet are going to go flying in the wintertime. But on their way to the flying fields, they run into... Uh, Dane's dad, Violet's mom, and Panchak. Yay. To no one ever. Things are pretty awkward and tense between Violet and her mom. She is just, I hate her. I hate Lilla. She's awful. She's so, like, you're a shitty mom. Like, just absolutely no love or empathy for Violet. And I hate that for Violet because it's got to suck. Like, Dane's dad is being nicer to her than than Lilith is. And again, I just, the questions that they asked her, I just, I don't trust her. She is up to no good. She has done no good and she's hiding it. Yeah. Uh, So we get some interesting pieces of information here. Dane's dad asks a lot of questions about Adarna and wanting to, quote, study her. I think he's probably coming from like a purely academic perspective on this. I don't think he like potentially wants to do anything nefarious to Adarna, but Taryn and Violet shut that shit down real hard. They're like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, and then Violet's mom. They're nefarious. They're up to nefarious things. I don't know. We like this is our first interaction with Dane's dad. So it's really hard for me to pinpoint for sure. I don't trust him. You don't trust anyone. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. I trust Zayden. Yeah, we trust Zayden and Violet. Um, But we live in Violet's head, so that's not fair. Um, Violet's mom asks her about some of her father's research that they've never been able to find. And her father's like, I ain't got no fucking clue where that is. I'm also a child. Why are you asking me? Didn't her dad have like, I don't know, colleagues? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you should have thought about that before you fucking burned it, bitch. I mean, come on. Why is she asking Violet about that if she burned everything? So did you not burn everything and you just lost it? Or are you hoping that Violet took it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my theory is it, it is the folklore book. That is actually the research. Exactly. That is what I was talking about earlier. It is definitely that book. Yeah. Um... And her mom says something about Violet keeping questionable company. And Zayden responds with, I've always felt that we we resolved any of those questions years ago. What is that? I don't we don't fucking know. Uh, and mom's parting words to Violet were essentially like, you better have a good signet power or else. Which like, go fuck yourself. And then... You know, after the encounter, Violet kind of vents about her mom to Zayden, and he does seem like he genuinely cares. He seemed to soften up a bit about it. 
And and it's not from like a I want to manipulate you because you're my enemy kind of way. Just like I genuinely empathize and care about you. And so Violet asks him about what he said to her to her mom. And he just he responds with just reminding her that I paid the price for my loyalty and then refuses to expand upon it. Paid what price? What price did you pay, Zayden? What happened? What happened? All the things. What happened? Who, what, when, where, why? <laughs> you can trust us. Maybe not Violet, but you can trust us. Random people that don't don't exist inside of your world because you only exist on a piece of paper. Tell us. I want to know. Oh, God. I need um, all the details. Uh, so then we learned that they're going to go out with Taryn, Sagale, and Adarna's even there. And they're all going to go learn. Everybody's learning something. So Violet's going to try to learn how to stay the fuck on. Zayden's going to learn why she's struggling so much to stay on. Adarna's trying to learn to keep up. Taryn is trying to learn to fly in a tighter formation and Sigale has to learn how to follow. So everybody's out here with their own little mission. And I loved it. Team bonding. Thank God. I really didn't want to have to go through a whole like squad battle chapter and it got cut real short. We got to the only part that really mattered. I was so glad. Oh, we forgot to mention like way, way long ago during battle briefs, they got told that whoever won squad battle got to go spend like a week a forward outpost, which apparently is a prize. That doesn't sound like a prize to me, but they took it as a prize. Get into chapter 25. We're in the midst of the squad battle and Liam is in the sparring match and he's kicking ass because he's Liam. Fuck yeah. yeah, go Liam. Uh, their squad is currently in seventh place. Uh, Violet kind of took a little bit of an L out for them because I'm sorry, Taryn probably could have won the flying if she could have just swallowed her pride for one fucking flight and let him hold her on just just one flight i'm here for you to learn how to stay on all on your own but like this is something that like just take the help just take the help just this one time uh and then they get their surprise final task and they have to go steal something that would be good for them to have in battle like assuming that because all of their leadership, like Dane and Zayden, everybody's like been sequestered from them. So something that they would need if all of their leadership was gone. So Imogen does a really good job of like rounding up the squad and getting them into a room so they can strategize. But Violet comes up with this idea of stealing something from her mom's office and using everybody's signet powers to help make it happen. Mm, I loved it. I loved that whole sequence. I And then when they got in the office, she read a couple of things, which I'm sure will come back into play later, probably. The fact that she stole the map, because that was kind of the focus. The stealing the map from her mom's office was phenomenal. I thought it was great i also thought her mom was gonna lose her shit and i don't think we saw that no um so i do want to mention the two things that got read just so that we have them on record one was a like a memo from somebody pretty much begging for reinforcements being like we're trying our hardest here but we need more people and then another was talking about the unrest in tarandor and people being mad about conscription and some of the practices and being like, hey, maybe we can handle this like any other way than with the military. It just makes me wonder what's actually going on again there. I mean, obviously, they're not telling everybody like the cadets anything, but there's clearly more going on than what's being led on. 
significantly more. So then uh, they do steal the map and they get back to the room just in time and they all do the presentation and Imogen's like, it was your idea, you present. And so she does it and they're like, well, how do you know that this is a current map? And she's like, well, we stole it from my mom's office. All hell breaks Luke, but Zayden just kind of looks at her and is so proud of her. And I loved it. So great. I was so excited about that. He's like, you're picking up what I'm putting. I fucking loved it. Loved it. And then we go to. So obviously her squad wins. Hooray. And we uh, go to the outpost and she and Rhiannon are hanging out. And then Rhiannon realizes this outpost is like an hour's walk from where her family lives. As soon as she said that, I was like, well, here we go. I guess we're going to go visit Rhiannon's family. Yeah, I I was like, and so we're going to go on a side quest to go visit Rhiannon's family. And I hope the shit doesn't hit the fan. It's going to. You know it will. This is where we ended. So we don't know. Kind of did. Because you know Zayden's going to be pissed. Is he, though? Jane's still being weird, but on a on a lighter, better note, Mira, Violet's sister, is there. I was excited to see her. That was wonderful. So when Rhiannon and Violet tried to sneak off to go visit Rhiannon's sister, or Rhiannon's family, Mira, like, insta-catches them. <laughs> They're not good at sneaking. It's a sibling thing. Like, you can tell when your sibling is up to something sneaky. It's like, I know, I know what you're doing. And so she just decides to go with them so that they can have an extra bit of protection and at Rhiannon's family's house Mira and Violet have a like a really good conversation and Mira mentions she actually still has the book and she will give Violet the book during this trip she said she put it in her room I think she put it like she has it in her safe like Mira has it in her own room not in Violet's room Then Mira also gives Violet some advice because Violet's like opening up to her about like being concerned about not having her signet power yet. And she's like, stop focusing on what she thinks her mom wants and just focus on herself. And I'm like, yeah, fuck everyone else. Agreed. But that is such a hard thing to do at that age. Such a hard thing to do at that age. It's also really hard to do at all, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Especially if you want to make your parents proud of you like I'm sure some people don't but like that never really goes away it's really hard to kind of quell yeah Violet very much wants to make her mom happy and proud of her and I think it's definitely a mental block right now for Violet and then right as they're going to leave they're having a conversation about like hey so like how long can these dragons be separated and of course Zayden is here again with a dramatic interest he's like "Mm, I guess it can't be more than three days yeah see this is where I think shit's gonna hit the fan Zayden's gonna be pissed I don't know I think he doesn't seem pissed at the one line he has in that chapter I don't know we shall see. I don't know. But that is the end of chapter 26. And that is where we had to leave off for this episode. I was really, I really enjoyed this section and I cannot wait to finish it. Also, I won't be surprised if I wake up to a text message from you in the morning that said that you'd finish the book. I'm not going to finish the book tonight because I have to like go to sleep. It is late. Uh... But I will say that I I enjoyed section two so much more than section one. Agreed. 
And not that I disliked section one. It was just all of the buildup. And now, like, we're we're moving on all cylinders and we have exciting things happening and the story is progressing. The pacing is so good. I love fast paced books. I love it. I get, I get frustrated, especially with the world building. I'm okay with world building if you can move a little bit faster, but when it's slow, I don't, it's harder for me to get through. The pacing has picked up and it's exactly where I like it. And I hope the rest of the series stays similar to it. Yeah. The thing I, I always worry about, especially with this, with the series is the recap, like the, as seen in last book of the first chapter of the second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh books. I cannot stand the repetitive. Like I read the first one. If you didn't read the first one, you should before you read the second one. These are not standalones. I I have the exact same feeling, but I feel like, I mean, I don't know how it'll be with this one because obviously like the next book's not out, but Akatar didn't do that very much. I felt like they did a good job of just kind of like moving right along. So I'm hoping that she does that as well. Yeah, I'm really hoping so because I don't need a recap because it's not going to have been that long since we've read this before Iron Flame comes out. Have you pre-ordered it yet? Iron Flame? Oh, no, that's right. I told you I, told you I was going to do it when I got home. I haven't. I haven't had a chance girl you gotta you gotta pre-order it i gotta decide if i want to just like buy it or use one of my audible credits i'm not judging you you just need to you need to pre-order it so just in at midnight it downloads because you know as soon as it arrives at my house that day i'm gonna open that package and i'm gonna read it how many pages is it supposed to be i don't care I don't care. We will. Okay. Uh, We will probably start it the day it comes, but we will have to split it up just like this. I think this, the three parts on, on this has been really good. Going to just continue to do that. Uh, Hopefully I will have, unless it's like massive, then maybe we do four parts, but yeah, I think 150, 160 pages at a time paces pretty well. Uh, Any final thoughts? I'm excited. I can't wait to find out what happens. I know. I really want to know what Violet's signet power is. I want to know what I got right. I want to know what I got right. Jill's per. I'm going to make a t-shirt now. That's just going to be, I want to know what I got right. I mean, I love, because it's my thing. I'm like guessing. I, I grew up reading mysteries. And so it's gotten to the point where like, it's, it's a game to me. It's like, I want to know. I like I pride myself on figuring out what's going to happen in books and TV and movies. And if it's something I already know, then I'm one of those people that's pulling out like Wikipedia and reading all the like skimmed history on it. So, yeah. And I thought I was weird. Oh, no. I'm the weird one here. (laughs) I think we're equally weird in our own little ways. Uh, But but yeah, I'm really excited. I have a feeling that like some amount of shit is going to hit the fan. I don't know what. We shall see. I'm a little scared. Because like, is the first book only going to be War College? And then like we get into the bigger overarching story, kind of like SJM? Probably. But I also think there's going to be a big old U-turn, very sharp corner it's going to change like the story, like what we think it is right now is not what it's going to end up being. 
I wouldn't be surprised if like it turns out that her mom and the general are the evil ones and Zayden's parents were the good ones and all that fun stuff. I think it, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I'm just concerned. Like either there's going to be like a really big breach in the ward and a bunch of Griffins and writers are going to come from poor Emil and there's going to be like a big attack somewhere. But that would probably happen off page unless it happens like in the next chapter while they're at the outpost. Maybe. Or maybe they get stuck there for some reason and then it happens. Like, who knows? Who knows? Or like maybe something crazy like the wyverns show up. They're real. I bet you she reads them in the book first. I'm sure. I think we're going to get a better description on page before they actually show up. But the fact that the book is the book is back in the same vicinity as her finally, I think is a a big sign that that we're going to get some good foreshadowing out of it. And I'm just, I'm concerned because Rebecca does not seem to have any qualms about murdering people. It's another George R. R. Martin. Yeah. But like, okay. Okay, here's my thing with George R. R. Martin. If you take Tyrion and Arya out of the equation, because they have a little bit of plot armor, because they're his two favorites, and a little bit of Danny, but she has not been in like super death-defying situations yet. Characters in Game of Thrones have very specific consequences. When they die or when something happens to them, it's because they made a shitty move. They made a mistake. I feel like that's the same here okay but like did dylan make a shitty move or did he just fall down Mm, fair point but i think if it's like a dragon worthy offense they may have deserved it for sure for sure i i'm just saying that like there's not a lot of qualms with killing people off and i'm starting to get attached to characters like i love liam i think he's wonderful don't say that you just doomed him but I love Violet and I love Rhiannon and I love Zayden and I like you just killed Rhiannon too you just keep going like stop it like we know Zayden and Violet aren't gonna die because then the series would end so they're they're fine uh but everybody else is up for the chopping block Melissa and you're just shoving people right to the end of the plank this is this is my problem I get emotionally attached to characters and then when they die I'm sad don't put it in the universe it's like hurricane season. You don't say that shit out loud. Uh, I'm going to knock on some wood on on behalf of all of the characters I love. Well, with that being said, you want to go find out what happens? Yeah, let's go find out what happens. Uh, so, again, I'm Melissa. I'm Jill. And thanks for kicking out with us today. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys next week. Bye.